Hey everybody, welcome to the Legacy Podcast. My name is Bill Dupenthaler. And I'm Mike Conan, and this is a podcast for disciples who want to make disciples. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Legacy Podcast. As you just heard, it's me, Mike Conan, and I'm with my good friend Bill Dupenthaler. And we're talking all about Jesus, of course, and everything Jesus, everything Robert Coleman's master plan of evangelism on the Legacy Podcast. And this has been a a great book for us to go through uh, in our ministry, because many of you know this already, but Legacy is built around the discipleship principles that we read about in Robert Coleman. Of course, there are other authors and hopefully Jesus himself that we draw from, um, but uh, this has been a very influential book in both of our lives, and we're excited to be able to take this opportunity to walk through it with you guys. We've especially enjoyed, <coughs> pardon me, thinking about all of these things related to uh, empowering people to do the mission of God. And that's the section that we're on today, as Jesus has prepared his disciples, uh, he's given them this call, and and now we're learning how he himself kind of, to use a Stephen Covey term, began with the end in mind. And he right. is, he's teaching his disciples then to how they would follow his example. And he's, he's got a process that he uses that we too can capture from we're thinking about becoming disciple makers. You know, we've kind of made the case that we all should be disciples. We've made the case that we all should be disciple makers. And, and now we're getting into a little bit more the nitty gritty of, okay, so how do you, once you've got little disciples... How do you make them become disciple makers and make them yeah. doesn't mean you force them, but make them as in you equip them and encourage them and help them to do it. And such an important part of discipleship that we're digging into today. And the title for this one is delegation. And uh, yeah. Bill, what stands out to you when you think of just an overall that word delegation in this chapter in general? Well, I, I was going to say the thing I love about this book, um, uh, Master Plan of Evangelism, is I mean, it's essentially a study of the four gospels and, and, um, and, and I love the way it, it sort of brings you into, uh, looking at the gospels through this really specific lens of, okay, what was Jesus really trying to do with these guys? Because, because when you, when you casually read, uh, the gospels, it's, it's, you know, obviously it's the story of the life of Christ and it's, and it's talking about all the things that he did and all the things that he said and, and the fact that he died on the cross for us and he rose again from the dead and, and it's, and it's the, you know, it's recounting this whole story of Jesus' life. But, um, but what this book is doing is it's, it's, it's saying, okay, yeah, we get all that, but let's, let's, uh, pull back the curtain and, and try to see, okay, yes, this is the record of all the things that Jesus did and Jesus said, but what was he really trying to do? And, yeah. and Robert Coleman would say that what he was really trying to do was, like you said, the Stephen Covey beginning with the end in mind. He was, uh, what well, the, the, the quote from the very first line of this chapter, uh, Jesus was always building his ministry for the time when his disciples would have to take over his work and go into the world with the redeeming gospel. This plan was progressively made clear as they followed him. So, so I love this idea of exactly the same thing with us, whether it's raising our kids to be 
followers of Jesus or whether it's the, the people that God's given us to invest in, uh, whether, whether we're a mentor or we're leading a, a discipleship group. Uh, the idea is we're preparing them to be uh, doing what, we're do, what we do. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. It. The word that I highlighted and emboldened was progressively. The plan yeah. was progressively made clear as they followed him. And we'll dig into that a little bit later. Uh, but I do think that's such a key part of it is, you know, learning how to give a little bit more. Delegation is the art of giving a little bit more responsibility uh, and a little bit more vision, a little bit more direction so that you don't overwhelm people. Um, a funny story, Bill, and I, I don't remember if I told this one on the podcast or not, but uh, I heard this at a church sermon one time. It's always stuck with me. In the Communist Party, in where I was at in Florida, uh, they actually would not allow people to become members of their chapter or affiliate group unless they themselves had taken, I, I don't remember what the number was. It was probably you know a couple hundred uh, flyers, and they had to go down and pass them out. Uh, this communist, uh, you know, whatever propaganda, whatever you want to call it. And, but they believe that you were making it very clear from the beginning, this is the mission. The mission is to spread the word of communism everywhere. And so from the very beginning, before you even know anything about what we're doing, you're going to go down and get all the bullying, all the harassing, all the everything. Uh, and so it's kind of the reverse thing of what Jesus did. You know, Jesus, uh, yeah. You know, exactly. progressively gave them a little bit more each time. And uh, I think that's a much wiser path to go down than to, before somebody becomes a Christian, give them a hundred tracks and tell them they have to go tell, you know, a hundred people about Jesus. You know, it seems like that's a little backwards. Well, yeah, because we talk about this all the time, but what was the call of Jesus? The very first call of Jesus was to be with him. Yeah. The, he called them that they might be with him and build a relationship with him and experience the presence of God and the and the fellowship of 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 other people who are worshiping God together and then he would send them out yeah yeah so that's so that's the order is 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 you 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 come into fellowship and you belong and you're a part of what's going on you experience God and you experience his love and his power uh and and uh, and then you can progressively um, learn about what the mission is. Well, and I love that quote too. Uh, this is page seventy nine eighty. It says his method was to get the disciples into a vital experience with God, uh, and to show them how God worked before telling them they had to do it. And I, I love that idea that you have to meet God first. <laughs> you, mm-hmm. you, this doesn't work if you haven't met Jesus. This doesn't work if you haven't received uh, the grace of God. It doesn't work if you haven't received the forgiveness of God. It, it doesn't work if you haven't experienced some taste of the love of God and some taste of the power of God. Uh, I was at a conference one time and uh, John Piper was a speaker, one of my heroes. And uh, he had this line that I will never forget. And, and I use it all the time. He says, you cannot commend what you do not cherish. You will never commend what you don't cherish. And that is such a truth. Uh, whatever we might have, if we don't love it and appreciate it, whatever, people are going to see right through it. When we try to share people uh, with others, you know, like it would be the equivalent of me saying, 
uh, say I didn't know Jesus, but my brother did, you know, be like, oh man, you have to see my brother. He really loves the Lord. You would really, I mean, you should check out what he has. I mean, it's, it's really <laughs> awesome. You know, and people be like, it's not for me, but, uh, but yeah, but I'm sure it'll be great for you. <laughs> you have to experience God for, I mean, don't you think that's true? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and, uh, I mean, it, it's, and that's true, obviously, of anything, is anything we do, you know, uh, we like to go to uh, Puerto Vallarta on vacations. And that's just one of our places that, that we've always really enjoyed going And Well, well, what's it like? Well, I mean, I can tell you what it's like, but but really, you know, you ought to just go down there and experience it. We went out to dinner uh uh, the other night, and and uh, and I could tell you, yeah, it's a, it was a great restaurant. You'd really like it, but but you know, really, you know, just go there and try, you know, try it out, and you'll and you'll experience it, and then and then and then you'll become an evangelist for that restaurant or for that experience or whatever it might be. Yeah, well, totally, and th- I would say this too: there is a danger of people. Um, being so loved by other Christians, feeling such a part of things that they haven't actually met the Lord themselves. And and I do yeah. think that this happens. And people, and this is what I think, you know, Hebrews 6 and Hebrews 10 are talking about, of, you know, where someone's tasted, uh, but they haven't really had it, you know, and, and they haven't had the meal of Jesus. And there's, there is that danger. And I think this is one of the things that Jesus was really good about was rather than giving people, you know, rushing right away to, okay, pass out these hundred tracks or whatever it is that we might think of when we think of the call. Um, he really wanted people to experience him and experience mm-hmm. the father through him. And that was a key part of what he did. Like you said, Bill, it's that whole thing. He called them so that they might be with him. And that, we can't skip that part of, of the process of how we make disciples and how we make a disciple ministry where our disciples will then make disciples. Um, yeah. Yeah. But then once they've, once, once they've, you know, really experienced God's presence and, 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 and they've given their life to Christ and, and, and you know, that they're on board and they're, and they're growing in their faith. Uh, then it's time to begin to delegate and it's, be, and it's time to begin to give them the opportunity to experience, um, being a part of the ministry. And, and, uh, I was telling you just a, a little bit ago before we started the podcast that, uh, one of the groups that I, that I, um, uh, work with, it's, it's, it's a number of guys that are, that are very new in their faith. And, and like, so like one of the things that's a big challenge for them is just the idea of, of praying out loud. Like they've literally in their whole life, they've never prayed out loud in front of anybody. And, and so, so sometimes I'll say, okay, well, um, tonight, uh, how about, and I'll name, name somebody's name and, and say, would you, uh, pray for us? Uh, I don't know. You can do it. And I, and I kind of explain what, you know, what it's about and, and then they do it and, and, and it's fine and it's great. And, and, and they're like, okay. And I mean, that might sound like a, like a pretty small little thing, but, but this, this, this idea of, of just giving them incremental responsibilities in the group and and uh, and then in in the mission and that kind of thing is is a definitely a principle that we that we see lived out in the life of Christ. 
Well, I like this quote too. He used his disciples in other ways to help along his work, such as caring for the manual burdens of getting food and arranging accommodations for the group as they followed him. So it, he started off by giving them uh, what we would call the side tasks or the yeah. grunt work or whatever you want to call it, but they were a part of the ministry. They were doing right. hands-on ministry, but they were the behind-the-scenes person. And I want to pause here and say, what a great idea. You know, and, and you use the <laughs> example of prayer, which would even be more hands-on-y, I think. Uh, but even something as simple as, you know, why don't you figure out where we're going to meet? You know, why don't you and just giving them so that they have a little bit of an ownership uh, in the in the process. Why don't you, if you don't mind, you know, set up the, the Zoom call or whatever. Uh, anyway, I was thinking about this as it relates to the church, though. And again, I served in the church for 20 years, so I'm not bad mouthing the church. I, I would never do that. I, Jesus loved his church. It's his bride. I'm not going to speak bad about the bride of Jesus. But, but, mm-hmm. but, but, maybe I should say and. Uh I I have seen a number of people who never get beyond this stage, who dedicate their yeah. entire lives to being on the side, who dedicate their entire lives to being behind the scenes, who never actually join in the real ministry of making disciples. Um, what could have been an introduction to being a part of the ministry that could move them towards actually doing the ministry, I would say this is even a strong majority of people that I know in the church uh, who never get to that spot uh, where... The church has uh, trained them to get beyond the helping mode. You know, they leave that to the professionals, the pastors, the 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 people with the gift of evangelism, the quote unquote leaders, the elders, whoever. And and I think that that's one of the things that stood out to me as I was thinking about this particular context is, yes, we need people to take care of the food. Yes, we need people to take care of the combinations. Yes, those are so important. Uh, but Jesus didn't see that as his end goal for his disciples. He gave that to them so that they could incrementally grow in where he wanted them to get to. Yeah, but but they were super important ways to get people. And I and I love that you use that that term uh, ownership to give people ownership. Yeah. Uh, when we lived in in, in France uh, uh, in uh, Lyon, by the way, if. Um, Anybody wants to go to Lyon, you just let me know, and 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 uh, Jody and I would love to meet with you or have a Zoom call with you or something, and we'll give you the full lowdown on Lyon, France, best city in France in our opinion. But, anyways, uh, we went to a uh, a Hillsong church there, and and um, w- whether or not you 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 love Hillsong churches or not, that's that's not the point. But one of the things that that they did really well that I really appreciated then and still do to this day, and 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 so you can kind of talk about church is like uh, they would have so many people involved in helping on on right. Sunday mornings. They'd have people uh, standing like literally a block away from the church with these Hillsong umbrellas, J- just just standing there like um, like in case because, because people were, you know, where do we go? Because there are always like tons of visitors. And then we, they have people like at the bottom of the steps and then people at the top of the steps. And, and, uh, right. and then you get into the, in, in the door and you'd have some, some greeters and then, um, and, and, and they had people serving coffee and, 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 uh, and then when you get into the service itself, they would, they would often have a different, uh, person from the congregation that would, that would be the first person that would stand on stage and welcome everybody. You know, like, hey, my name is Bill Dippenthaler and I go to church here and, and we're just so excited that you're here today and let's, let's worship God together and, and off they'd go. And, and it's like, 
super cool. Even even the um, giving the the opportunity to to uh, support financially, they would often have different um, members of the church get up and and hi, my name's Bill, and and I love. Um, tithing at Hillsong, and here's why. And and I'd love to have you do it too. Join me in supporting this great ministry. Blah 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 blah. You know. So so um, yeah. I, I I love that idea of giving giving people things to do. You know that that are that are um, you know like, like we said, incremental, easy things to start out with. And and at the same time, we both recognize uh, I. That we would never want anybody to think that that's the end goal, <laughs> you know. Oh no, 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 not at no, all. I don't hear you saying that. I, I'm just saying that I, I think that, you know, it's kind of like the movie The Water Boy, you know, and and I don't know if you've seen it or not, but the, uh, the character is a water boy who takes care of all the football players, and he just sits on the sideline and gives them water, 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 and then, at some point or another, he discovers he can play football, and then he goes out on the field and he's one of the best players in the whole country. And again, it's all a funny movie. It's not really serious. But I, sometimes it feels that way to me as I watch believers, that they're really content being the water boy when in all reality, God has made them a star player by the work of his spirit in them. And they just haven't ever you know, experienced that and been called to that. And, yeah. and that leads us to the, the last part here. Um, and it says this, but as Jesus was beginning his third general tour of Galilee. So in other words, this is about two years into his ministry, okay? So far, the, the disciples have just observed, okay, at this point. Uh, but then after this first year is over, and he's going on his third tour, he, double, he uh, realized that the time had come when his disciples could join him more directly in the work. And that's the point when he sends out the twelve. Uh, and he actually gives them, uh, and we'll talk about this next, but uh, there's a point where they, the time for, you know, getting the food and making arrangements, they're still going to do that, but they're also now going to be a part of the ministry. And he's going to send them out to do the very thing that he's been doing, which is going from place to place and talking about him being the king. And that's that's what they, you know, have been being prepared to do all along. And now he's finally... Uh, after they've observed him for a pretty long period of time daily, he's going to release them out to do what he's been doing. And we have to get to that spot, I think, uh, where it, it goes beyond arranging uh, accommodations and getting food, where we actually are sharing and beginning the process of making disciples. Right. And and, and uh, so I guess the, the question is for us in 2022, um, what does that look like? So like you mentioned in, in Matthew 10, Jesus sends the disciples out on a, on a, uh, on their first practice missionary trip and, and, uh, Hey, you guys go out and, and, uh, and, and here's what you're going to do. And he, and he gives them all their instructions, sends them out. They have this, this incredible experience and they come back and they report back to him all that happened, and and he and he teaches them and, and instructs them. So, what does that look like uh, uh, for us today? Uh, whether it's in the church, or whether it's um, in, in you're leading a small group, a discipleship group, or even with a uh, if you're mentoring somebody. I think there comes this realization that you're either watching the game or you're in the game when it comes to making disciples, and. I, I would say that for me is the easiest answer to that question is you want to put that before people. Are you in the game or are you watching the game? Now, I've heard people and pastors well-intended say you're either in the game or watching the game 
And what they're meaning is people who just go to church. So they're not volunteering. They're not the greeters like you're talking about coming in and the people with the umbrellas. They're trying to get people to become the greeters. And that's what they talk about getting in the game. Uh, and and in some ways, that's true. I wouldn't want to say, you know, because it is an incremental step. But I don't think that's in the game. I think you're just moving from the stands to the sideline, you know, at that point. Do you know what I mean, Bill? And, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And there comes a point where where we have to paint the vision that, no, you're a player. The Holy Spirit's made you a player. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get in the game of discipleship. You could start changing lives by the Holy Spirit using you. It doesn't have to be somebody else. And I, I think that's... Yeah, I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe the... Uh... <laughs> Not to take the the football thing too far, but but I mean maybe maybe the uh, the greeters and and that kind of thing maybe that's special teams and you're a rookie and and uh, so you're not a starter yet and so you're you're get you're you know you're getting in on special teams and 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 you're getting a play here and there you know but you're still kind of learning and and building your confidence and your skills and putting on weight and and uh, still learning the position. Yeah, I, yeah. Whatever it is, there's more for you, and the more for you is making disciples, right? <laughs> and, and by making disciples, maybe that's a good point for us to just pause and say, this is what we mean by that. You know, we mean that you're purposely and personally investing in other people to lead them closer to the Lord. Uh, that right. you personally and purposefully are investing in other people to lead them closer to the Lord. It is, yeah. Which involves both... Uh, the idea of evangelism, so somebody that does not know the Lord and introducing them to Jesus, uh, and um, helping someone to grow deeper in their walk with Christ and and to experience the um, uh, reproducing the the ministry and, and being a disciple who makes disciples. So it's both both evangelism and. Well, I mean, we, we use the, the term discipleship, but uh, it's it's a, it's a it's a little bit confusing because it's 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 a both and. Yeah. Well, I I was thinking about it, and uh, I was reminded of the story of the the mechanic who's in mechanics class and listening to all these instructions and getting you know watching everything, and then next thing you know, he's turned loose to go fix something. And they actually sent him on a call to go fix his truck. And then he looks to his guy next to him and says, man, I wish I'd really been paying attention to all those instructions. now. I'm the one who's got to help these guys fix this thing. And I think that that's, that's what we found in our disciple making courses is that the guys who are thinking about making disciples, they are ears wide open. They want to learn because they know that part of their calling is to get in the game. Part of their calling is I've got to share this with other people. And it really does change your whole experience of going to church. It changes your whole experience of going to Bible study. It changes your whole experience of being in your small group. It changes your whole experience of how you interact in the world because you're constantly thinking about, man, I, I may be needing to know this so well that I could share it with somebody else. And it, it, yeah. it helps. Uh, well, anyway, let's, let's transition here. So Jesus, after he sends them out, uh, he sends them out with some pretty... Uh, clear directions. And so he doesn't just, you know, say, hey, guys, you're going to go make disciples now. He gives them uh, some clear thoughts. And um, this is one that both, uh, why don't you read the quote and give me your take on it? Because this is one that we had a little interesting discussion about. uh, Uh, I'm not sure which one you're talking about. uh, The principle of establishing. Okay. (laughs) 
we're, we're, we're just not completely reading each other's minds. I don't know how that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got it now. Uh, so it says, this, this principle of establishing a beachhead in a new place of labor by connecting with a potentially key follow-up leader is not to be minimized. Jesus had lived it, lived by it with his own disciples, and he expected them to do the same. His whole plan of evangelism depended on it. And so he he told people to to go into a town, and and um, and it's it's like what you talk about all the time, Mike, to have your spiritual goggles on, essentially. Yeah. And 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 um, my terminology, praying for a divine appointment. So so I want you to go. I want you to be praying for divine appointments. I want you to have your spiritual goggles on, to have your spiritual eyes wide open, your spiritual ears wide open, and then I want you to see where God leads you, and he's going to lead you to some people that are going to be ready to be a part of this thing. And and it may be the mayor of the town and a a really influential leader, and it may be the the person that's the woman at the well who ends up evangelizing the whole town. Uh, but but you need to have your eyes and ears wide open to to who God is going to lead you to. Well, yeah, that and that's that's the thing I think that we maybe if we take a principle from experiencing God, another book that we both have come to love and cherish. Uh, the assumption is God's going ahead of you and God's working around you, and so yeah. you don't have to blaze the trail. What you've got to look for is where's God working, uh, and. Church planters, uh, and I, I've studied a number of them over the years, and disciple-making planters especially, uh, they talk about a person of peace. You want to find somebody, and this is the scriptural language too, Frank, that's why they use it, but that when you encounter them, it's not conflict, it's not struggle, it's somebody who receives your message with peace and assurance and reception. And there is that uh, sense where Jesus gives them pretty clear direction of, hey, Go out there, assume God's working, and when you find the place where God's working, start there. And and that's such good advice for us, too, today, I think, as we're thinking about giving instruction to people to go out. Yeah, and, and so one of the things that, that we talk to people about a lot, and especially like in our discipleship uh, class uh, that we offer, and by the way, if you're ever interested in that, uh, we, we're in the middle of one right now, but we'll be starting another one um, within the next uh, several months, and, and, uh, and so we... We'd love to have you be a part of it. But one of the things that we, we ask people to do is to pray and make a list of some people that maybe God might be calling you to go to. And so that's, the, that's, that's a step to, um, in, in that direction, I guess. Yeah, and we don't want to give away too much of our secret sauce. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there is a sense where... Th- that's what we're looking for. That's what we want to train people to do is to be people who can see where God is working and then join in there. Yeah. Bottom line. Uh, yeah. Another piece that Jesus gives them, not only do they, are they supposed to look for God and, and join him there, but they're going to face, you know, challenge and suffering. And I, I thought that was another good point that was made here in the, in the story was this is not for the faint of heart. This is tough stuff. Uh, I don't know. What stood out to you in there? In that little section. Well, I, I guess as I was thinking about um, our situation today in 
2022, uh, Jesus was preparing them uh, for the, the possibility of, of persecution, the possibility that, that people aren't going to receive you, the possibility that, that people would actually even be hostile toward toward this, that in fact Jesus even talked to them, even though on the one hand, he, he, at, at Christmas we talk about uh, the Prince of Peace who, you know, peace on earth, goodwill towards men, but Jesus said, hey, you know what, um, the gospel is is uh, also divisive, and and there are going to be people that are going to be angry, and there are going to be people that do not want to hear this, and yeah. and it's not going to be popular, and and man, oh man, is that true in today's culture? And I think that's that's something that we have to be very clear about: is uh, this is not popular, and this is not um, culturally acceptable, generally speaking, anymore. Yeah. So we have to be prepared for that. Well, and, and Coleman talks about, you know, language of Jesus preparing them that, hey, there's an enemy there. <laughs> this is, there's strongholds. Yeah. There are, the enemy has grabbed hold of people's wills and grabbed hold of people's lives and he has a death grip. And so when you're entering in, just know it is not going to be all candy canes and unicorns. It is mm-hmm. hard stuff and addictions, hard stuff in. Uh, idols, hard stuff, and all kinds of arrogance and pride. Um, one cannot help uh, being impressed with the realistic way that Jesus never let his followers underestimate the strength of the enemy, nor the natural resistance of self-serving people to his redeeming goal. Uh, gospel, excuse me. And I just love that. I don't even need to say any more about it. That's just a great line. Uh, the yep. natural s- resistance of self-serving people. That is, that's what you face. The enemy and then the self. It's right there. Uh, well, we better keep cruising here. Uh, one of the things that yep. Jesus also did pretty well, and, and we won't talk about this much for now, but because we're running out of time. But uh, Jesus, the other thing he did was he sent them out two by two. Why don't you give a quick comment on that, Bill, about the importance of two by two and, and what that can mean to somebody? Well, I think it's just it's just the idea that that don't go alone. You were, you were never meant to, to, uh, do this, this thing alone. You were never meant to follow Christ alone, to, to go through life alone and, and, and to, uh, frankly, to, to go out and, and do all the things that we're talking about alone. He, he, Jesus clearly said, okay, go out in pairs. And, and, um, I think that can look like different, uh, things in today's culture. Uh, I mean, we're not maybe necessarily literally, you know, putting a knapsack on our back and, you know, and, 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 and leaving our house and, and, and walking around for, you know, however long they were gone. But, um, but just this idea that, that, uh, don't do this in isolation. You got to have, uh, a few people around you that, that you're walking together with. Well, and in all honesty, we would strongly recommend if you're thinking about starting a discipleship ministry yourself to do it with somebody, you know, yeah. have have somebody you're teaming up with because it's going to make it easier. You're going to be held accountable. You're also uh, going to be able to compliment each other, like you're saying. And there's uh, there's not hardly a negative problem. I enjoy working with Bill. Bill enjoys working with me. And and we would tell you, you know, that we're stronger together than we were on our own. Either one of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, and and then finally. It's just very clear that that um, this call 
of evangelism and this call of God to be involved in the work of making disciples, um, it's it's for today as well. It was it, it was not just Jesus and and the disciples in isolation back in that time, but this was the plan for reaching the world through all of time uh, up until 2022 when we're recording this podcast today. Uh, it's clear that that this is what we're still called to be doing to be to be delegating the the work of God to other people so that they can delegate it to other people so that they can delegate it to other people. Yeah, I love this line. Christians are sent men and women sent out in the same work of the of world evangelism to which the Lord was sent and for which he gave his very life. Evangelism is not an optional accessory to our life. Boy, that's a great line. Evangelism is not an yeah. optional accessory to our life. It is the heartbeat of all that we are called to be and do. It is the commission of the church that gives meaning to all else that is undertaken in the name of Christ. And uh, I think that you would have to be able to make the case that, uh, no, that was just for the disciples. We're no longer called to evangelize. We're no longer called to make disciples. That was just for the early apostles. Uh, now that's what pastors do. That's what elders do. That is not what everyone's called to do. I think the case is on you because it's so clear that that's what Jesus modeled. It's so clear that's what the disciples did that yeah. you would have to prove that that's not the case. And I don't think you can make that. I don't think it's possible. I think that as you look at the call of Jesus, you especially look at the Great Commission, uh, it's really clear that disciples were called to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And it goes on for generation <laughs> after generation. And so yeah. as we pause and we just think about this call for us today, it's not just to make disciples. And this is where I think we can get into trouble. The call for us today is to follow the example of Jesus and, follow, and to make disciples who can make disciples. Uh, and that's a pretty big distinction. We're not just called to, to make people smarter and know more about God and to have more of the godly attributes uh, in them. But we are called to to make people who can they themselves make disciples. And that's where I would differentiate what I see as discipleship today. It's, again, that whole thing of moving from the stands to the sideline to in the game. And God yeah. wants all of us in the game, not just moving from the stands to the sideline. Yeah. So if you're, uh, and we'll kind of wrap up with this. So if you're a discipler, then you, you, you to, to keep the, the, the football thing going, you're the coach and your job is to, is to get the rookies into the game. And, and, and maybe, and maybe it starts off with they're just on special teams, but then, uh, as they get more experience and, and, um, and, and more, you know, seniority, they need to get into the game more and pretty soon they become starters in, and, uh, and then you have new rookies that come along and you need to get them in the game. And, and, and so it's this continual process of, of having every person that's on the team, someone that's made a decision to follow Christ, uh, needs to be an active player and not just standing on the sidelines or not just, uh, you know, on the IR or something, you know, I mean, they need to be in the game. I, I, and again, I love that line too. Uh, evangelism is not an optional accessory to our life. It's the heartbeat of all that we are called to be and to do. And even if we took it a step further, Bill, we would say, and the goal is for everyone to become a player coach. 
You know, yeah, that's right. The that's goal right. is for everybody to become a player coach. The the goal is not for people just to become players, but that they are then coaching other people to make players. And so you have a coaching tree. You know, maybe that's what you're <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> I'll leave and if that. you don't follow football, then then we just really apologize for for all of this nonsense. But it's but it it is a great it is a great metaphor though. That's right. But uh, well, listen, you guys, it's been really fun uh, chatting again uh, with you about all these things. And Mike and I are so grateful for those of you that that support Legacy financially, and for those of you that that pray for us and with us. Please do visit our website, ourtruelegacy.com, and check out all that's there, and and um, and click on a couple of those buttons to get involved. And and um, and with this podcast. We are so grateful that you are listening, and we would really appreciate you uh, spreading the word about what we're doing by by liking, sharing, giving us a, a, a great review if if uh, if you like it. We hope you, that you do, and uh, and let's just continue to to uh, spread the word about these things, and and let's continue to be disciples who make disciples. Amen. Amen. Everyone, a player coach. Amen. <laughs>